Welcome to the Carolina Contractor Show with your host, Donnie Blanchard, brought to you in part by GAF, the world's largest roofing manufacturer. We protect what matters most. And Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply in Raleigh, a roofing supplier with a different approach. And welcome to the official first show of summer for the Carolina Contractor Show. My name is Eric Smith. Across from me, the lovely and talented Donnie Blanchard, general contractor. How are you, young man? Man, it got hot quick, but I'm okay. Yeah. Trying to beat the heat. And then you have rain on Memorial Day weekend, and everybody was happy that it rained on Memorial Day weekend because we hadn't had rain all year, it seemed like. Well, we're not a weather show. We do like to talk about your house, and you can start off at the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. That's where you can find past episodes that you can download while you're sitting at the pool, maybe, or uh, just relaxing this summer. You can also find some stuff on the YouTube page. That's the best place to get access to the Facebook page also. Plus, our favorite part of the show, questions people ask. There's a little button on the page that says, Ask the Contractor, and that would be the general contractor, which is Donnie, of course. So go to the website, click on that. Any question you have about your house, the inside or the outside, the roof uh, down in the uh, basement or or crawl space area, things like that. And then Donnie will answer questions. We'd like to put some of them on the air and do those also. So again, hit the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. Anything else new with you, Donnie? Just about to break ground on a new house next week. So that's really exciting. Other than the fact uh, lumber's still up and mm-hmm. availability of plywood and things like that are a challenge. We actually were able to secure all the floor plywood, which is tough to get, the three-quarter inch stuff. And uh, we're having that delivered at the end of the th- this week and we'll have it all wrapped up and ready for the framers yeah that inflation is kicking up month to month on everything it is all right how about a song first And that song is very appropriate for our guest that you brought in today, Donnie. Yes, you want to introduce him? Yep. Before I introduce Scott, I wanted to say that uh, the show we did and we touched on several pest control items, it, it really generated a lot of good feedback. So thank you guys for those questions. And this time of the year, this is something totally relevant because uh, you often hear about folks having problems with bees in or around their mm-hmm. house, whether it's carpenter bees or honeybees. And uh, our guest today just happens to be an expert on that. Fortunately for me, he's my neighbor and we've done projects together over the years and developed a good relationship. But Today, we brought in Scott Oakley, and Scott, thank you so much for your time. Glad to be here. All right, tell us about yourself, Scott. Um, you live near Donnie, so there's one negative. What positive things do you have in your life going? <laughs> well, I got into beekeeping 10, 15 years ago. It was mostly out of interest. I've always been intrigued with honeybees and love nature and love being a part of nature. And so I have uh, gardens and fruit trees on my property. And I said, hey, well, let's investigate this. And as I investigated that, I found out that most counties have beekeeping clubs. And the process is most counties will offer a club that starts in January. It'll go for, you know, eight to 12 weeks Mm -hmm. and you learn a lot. And then in late March, early May, that's when you can buy packages of honeybees. And so they time it to where if you want to learn about beekeeping, you can do that. And then you move right into the actual purchasing your equipment and getting ready and buying bees and you can get started in it. You're off to the races. You're off to the races. So, so yeah, I mean, my, my profession is I've been in the technology industry my entire life. So nothing related to farming and, (laughs) and uh, beekeeping at all, but it's, it's more of a hobby. But uh, it also gives you an opportunity to help a lot of people, uh, you know, mentor other people who are in beekeeping and also help people around in my area who give me calls and say, hey, I've got a bee problem. And so I try to help them out. 
I wanted to comment. He mentioned that he had a lot of fruit trees. His yard is beautiful. They they really take good care of everything. And um, when we were meeting uh, before the show, Scott actually has a, a renovation project. How old is that house that you're renovating with your wife? It was um, it was built in the early 1900s. Okay, the it was actually an old schoolhouse, mm-hmm. and um, so on the back side of it, it has four huge windows, mm-hmm. and that was part of the beginning of the project this year. So basically, took those out and. Had a gentleman help me build some new frames, and so, uh, you know, scraped down the windows and repainted them and new glass, new glazing. Yeah. yeah. So those are kind of ready to go, but. Yeah, I saw it for myself. To, it looks good. A lot of potential. Yeah. Now we're getting ready to do the new foundation, and we can get along and get Donnie to help me put some roofing on it at some <laughs> point in the future. Glad to do it. That uh, <laughs> Looking at the studs on the inside uh, is so well built, and, you know, mm-hmm. we always comment on the wood. From that day and age, it was grown so much slower, so it's a lot better than what you can buy today. And I think it makes total sense to renovate an old house. And a lot of people look at an older house like a negative, but yeah. they literally are forts and uh, so much higher quality. Uh, Scott's going to get the best of both worlds because the bones of the house are really nice and structurally sound. And then he's going to incorporate a couple of things like flash and bat insulation where you put the one inch of spray foam and then the bats behind that. So mm-hmm. um, because we live uh, close to each other, I can we know where the sun comes up and goes down. And right. uh, that's a good way to tackle that that late evening sun with that flash and bat package. And I think when it's all said and done, they're going to be really happy with that. The burning question I had for Scott when we started to talk about uh, beekeeping is, uh, you know, obviously he's the most local person to me. Uh, and, and they emphasized you should always have honey from as local of a source as possible. Why is that? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are interested in local honey. And um, some people say, you know, and I'm not claiming that it helps allergies, but some mm-hmm. people see the benefits of it. And the reason is that if you get honey that's produced in the spring and you have spring allergies, then you're, you're, gonna, you're, you're basically intaking honey that has pollen that the bees captured. And mm. so local honey has pollen from your local area and that mm-hmm. can help you build up some immunities to it, I think. And there's also a lot of other health benefits to it. Um, it's a great disinfectant. Um, I've heard that they use it on burn patients. Uh, oh. They, um, you know, it can be an anti-inflammatory that people can take. Uh, it has uh, lots of antioxidants. So it's 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 a good choice. Uh, you know, if people are trying to use less, you know, regular cane sugar, mm-hmm. you can do most anything with honey that you can do with mm-hmm. regular sugar, and and it's a little better for you, obviously. So. Um, so that's that's some of the reasons, and it helps the local economy too. Yeah, I'm sure. Right. I read an article uh, where they said that there were uh, fake sources of honey out there, and that the local grocery store brand may not be a good option. What do you know about that? You know, it's hard to say. the The thing that I can do is um, occasionally I'll do some taste testing. You know, if you go into a restaurant mm-hmm. and they have a little pack of honey, mm-hmm. I'll taste it just for the interest because I know what real honey tastes like mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you can you can very quickly uh tell that that that's not real honey right it's just sugar um but you know it, it's hard to say i'm sure some of the honey that you can buy in the stores is perfectly fine um and and some of it can be mixed with you know uh, other products is there a way to tell or uh, find local honey distributors it's an easy way maybe i'm online i don't know i think yeah there's lots of online you know people who are selling honey local stores you know you know you get out of the larger stores you go into small small stores especially out in the country you can find it but 
Um, you know, if you ask around a little bit, usually you can find someone local that's willing to, you know, that's producing local honey that you can get from. So it's always a great idea to find a local honeybee uh, producer that mm-hmm. you can you can spot, uh, help out. One thing I took away from our meeting on site when we got together to look at the uh, hives was that uh, they don't live very long, and I never knew that. I basically thought maybe they would hibernate and come back next year, but um, they do so much in so short of a time that, um, you know, I could definitely see a good business model if I could recreate that with <laughs> men. Yeah, so what is the average lifespan of a honeybee, Well, Scott? during the during this time of year, it's uh, basically four to eight weeks. Um, in the wintertime, they'll last a little longer. But, yeah, it's a relatively short uh, lifespan for a bee. Um and, and if you think about it, they, they kind of go through three phases in their life. Mm-hmm. When they first hatch, um, they stay in the hive, and they basically have a lot of cleanup duty to do. And, you know, when new bees hatch, they're there to clean out the cell. Hey, you got to start at the first rung of the ladder That's and work right. your way up. That's exactly right. And and so the, the second phase of their life, they're, they're also staying in the hive, and they're helping, you know, when the other bees bring pollen and nectar in, they take that and and um, put it into the cells, and so they're basically helping manage the hive inside. And then the last third of their life, they're out foraging. So that's the, those are the bees that you see out collecting pollen and honey. And so that's, you know, really stressful on them because mm-hmm. it basically, you know, wears them out. And, right. You know, their wings uh, start, you can see the older bees, they start uh, fraying around the edges. And so, yeah, that's, uh, that's basically the lifespan of a bee. What is the production like for honey? When you have a hive, it it really varies. Last year, for example, there around my house, I got zero honey. Now, last year we had a really strange weather year, and some of the trees, like the tulip poplar, which is a very reliable source of nectar for the bees, they they got hit by that cold snap that we had in late April, and so it just destroyed them. On a good year, you can probably get a hundred pounds of honey off of a hive, maybe even more. But I was telling Donnie yesterday, since I had such a, a bomb out year yesterday, I took a chance and took four bee, four hives up to the mountains in Virginia to some property and uh, and got about 400 pounds of honey So wow. off of four hives. And so it was a really good year for sourwood in the mountains. And so it just depends. So far this year is, is looking pretty good. Um, so uh, usually around where I am, I don't get 100 pounds of honey off of a hive. I don't think we have the the nectar source sufficient for that, but we can still generate good good honey. So when we were looking at this thing, Scott, much more brave than I am, he just goes <laughs> over there with no equipment or anything, and he's taking this thing apart. They're swarming around him, and of course, you always want to ask, did they ever sting you? And, yeah, uh, how many times have he you mentioned been stung? <laughs> right, uh, that there was a new queen in the particular uh, hive that we looked at, but the queen from last year's uh, was she she produced a really aggressive uh, colony of bees. Is colony the right word? Mm-hmm. Okay, so she she produced a, a more aggressive, and he was saying that they were a lot. They didn't swarm you. That's not the right word, but um, they're ornery. <laughs> they were more ornery. There you go. Occasionally but, they would. Yeah, they mm-hmm. th- you would go out and find very quickly if they didn't want you to. Uh, you know, even the even the smoke didn't help. So they wow. would just go out and yeah, they would. I would get stung quite a bit with those, and, and occasionally. I mean, I've been working the bees the last week or so, and. Uh, they haven't stung me at all. So yep. it's just been, they're very calm right now because there's plenty of nectar. They're right. all happy. The queen's healthy. Everybody's Absolutely. good. So when things are going well, they're, they usually are pretty calm. Kind of like people. But uh, yeah. the fun fact there was that he said the aggressive ones were worth putting up with 
because they produce so much more honey. And yeah. I wouldn't, I would never know something like that. What is the main purpose of the smoke when you're at the hive? Well, it's really important uh, for beekeepers. It, it it does several things. One, if bees smell the smoke, it's a natural instinct for them because. You know, native bees live in trees out in the forest, and so they think, well, maybe there's a forest fire, and maybe I'm going to have to leave. And so they basically will quickly gorge on some honey. And so that's one thing. Um, And then also, bees put off pheromones. And so you have guard bees in the hive as well. So if they, you know, um, if they think there's a predator nearby, they may put off a pheromone that will... um, you know, tell the other bees, hey, we might have some trouble here. So if you're able to smoke your bees, then even if those guard bees put out that pheromone, it's going to cover it up. Oh, so it's like a camouflage. It's of a the camouflage, fer- oh, okay. Right? It is. And so and there's lots of different situations like that. So it could be the guard bees or as you're working with the bees, you could possibly, you know, squish one. Mm-hmm. As you're moving frames around, they smell that as well. Uh, so there's lots of things like that that it can camouflage and help you. This is the Carolina Contractor Show. We're about halfway through our show today talking with Scott Oakley. He's a beekeeper and already learning about the smoke, which I always wondered. I thought it was something that just irritated him and made him stay at bay. I didn't realize you're trying to cover mm-hmm. a scent. Hey, give the rundown on how the, the three bee types work together in the hive. So, yeah, that, it's really interesting. There are basically three types of bees in the beehive. Mm-hmm. You have the queen. Everybody knows about the queen. She right. lays the egg, right? Yes, and there's sir. only one queen, for the most part, uh, in a hive. Um, and then you have the worker bees. Those are female bees. They do all the work. And that is 99% of the bees that are in the hive right. are the worker bees. And hmm. so the the last bee is a drone bee, which is a male bee. And so during the springtime, the queen will lay unfertilized eggs and those turn into male drone bees if she lays fertilized eggs those become worker bees so the queen can actually select which egg she's laying how that happens i don't know but you know she's storing (laughs) millions of sperm in her sperm sack and basically she can selectively uh you know, uh, she can determine where the hive needs yeah. almost. She yeah. can. That's it's her job, right? So yeah, one one percent of uh, the hive is uh, you know is 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 the uh, male drone bee. Okay, Scott, you said I, you, there's some things you can't tell why the bees do it or how they know, but what do the bees think they're doing at the hive? Their primary purpose is to is to reproduce and and store food, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they're all about. And so, you know, I might could put in a plug for some of the great universities as well. I mean, sure. NC State here in North Carolina, they have a huge uh, bee research uh, department. And so, you know, if you're a member of any of the bee clubs in, you know, in this area, more than likely you've had some of the professors and staff from North Carolina State come and speak to the clubs. And so they share lots of that information with us, and that's how we get educated and learn. Um but but to your point, you know, the the reason or what what they think they're doing there, right, is, you know, the queen is controlling how many eggs she's laying, mm-hmm. um, and then the the worker bees are managing inside of that hive, and so their 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 job is to basically store, you know, nectar and and turn it into honey and store a lot of pollen and raise more young bees and. And their way of reproducing is swarming. And so when people see swarms, 
you know, yeah, hanging on a tree or if bees get into their house or this, you know, springtime of the year is when that's most prevalent. Um, you know, that is nature's process taking hold where bees are reproducing, right? You hear all the news stories about bee population right. and how that is. Where are the bees? Yeah, there's so many things happening to the bees, but that's what they do naturally, right? Um, you know, I may, you know, some people lose half their hives every year, and that's kind of normal, unfortunately. Um, and I think that's why there's a lot of problems with uh you know, saying that there's problems with bees, but there there are lots of stresses on bees nowadays with, you know, deforestation and and just uh, taxes lots of inflation. pesticides and things like that, right? It's much more difficult to raise bees than it was 50 years ago or, you know, even sooner than that. But it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. We hear stories about where are the bees and the population is having trouble. It's decreasing. Is it environmental weather? What is it? What's your mm-hmm. take on that? Yeah, bee population, I think, is okay from the standpoint of the number of bees because there are so many people producing bees Uh um, for for packages. So, you know, like I said, you can, you know, I may lose 50% of my hive, but hives can quickly reproduce and make new hives in the spring. So it's easy to make new hives of bees if you want to. The um, I think some of the stresses are, you know, in, in big farming areas where they have really high levels of pesticides that they use on corn and mm-hmm. stuff like that, those can be really stressful for bees. Um, I, I don't particularly have a problem with that in my area, but it can be a problem for other people. Mm-hmm. I think bee population is, is, is okay, actually. Good. You made the comment that uh, if you're going to use pesticides near a hive or if you're a neighbor, you should use liquid and not anything that you spray. Is that right? Yeah, because think about it. I mean, it makes sense. You know, there are powder pesticides out there, and if you put that on your plants that you want bees to pollinate, they're naturally going to pick up those pesticides just mm-hmm. like they will pollen, and they'll take it right back into the hive, and that, that can, you know, be detrimental to the bees. Basically, homeowners should try to avoid those and and use liquids mm-hmm. and then try to use the liquids when the bees aren't active. So, you know, very early in the morning or late in the evening – you know, when the bees, you know, are lower activity level, that those are the best times to put pesticides out. Right. One thing that really stuck with me after we met was that uh, you explained that you build your own boxes, but there are kits out there. And um, can you give a quick rundown on uh, the type of box you use and, and why that is? Yeah, you know, it's pretty interesting. S- standards are important for beekeepers and mm-hmm. even in the building industry, right. obviously, with if you didn't have standards for roofing and electrical and plumbing, right. you know, it would just be a mess. Right? Like you the had Wild to West. It. Yeah. yeah. Same thing for beekeeping. The current bee, um, I guess the most common box is called the Langstroth hive, and it was created in 1851. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that's been around over 150 years and still right. going strong, and it's, right. it's the it's the standard for most. I mean, there's right. other options out there, but that's the standard. I made the comment to Scott when he told me that, that I can't think of another product out right now that has stood the test of time to the tune of 150 years. Yeah. That's really strong. Hey, what's the deal with um, bees and, and swarming? Does that really happen? Swarms happen a lot, especially in the springtime. And so, like I said earlier, that is their way of reproducing. If you ever see a honeybee swarm and you don't know what to do, if it's at your house or you're passing by and you see it, search the web, find a local beekeeper, and most beekeeping clubs will have a swarm list of people. And, and if you call, they will come immediately and get that swarm. Now, if you have, if you have bees in your house, 
or in a tree, those are a little more difficult mm-hmm. to get out. They take time, and some beekeepers, you know, will charge for that service. But if, if you have to get them out of your house, then you have to do what you have to do. So is that any type of bee? Like if you see a big bald hornet nest or something that you could call a beekeeper, or they tend to deal with just honeybees? Just honeybees right, for the beekeepers, okay. yeah. I didn't want people like calling you up going, hey, I got wasp, I got mud daubers, help me out. And you're like, no, I don't deal with that. Yeah. I didn't yeah. realize that you didn't charge for that. When you mentioned you were doing a, a local relocation there, um, I, I didn't know that you did that as a service. That's That's great. Yeah, I just try to help people out. Um, it, it can be very, very time consuming. Have you ever found like a a monster honeybee hive somewhere? Like you've someone's even called you and you're like, "Oh, I'll take a look at this," and went, "Whoa!" I've had I've had several. I had one in an in an old house, and uh, when I took um, took the siding off the house, it was basically the entire height of the two before. Mm. You know, they love that that space between the two before wall. Cavity, it's perfect yeah. to build a beehive, and so because bees like to go vertical, and so they that thing was just full of bees and so you basically you just go piece by piece you take it out you cut it into sections that you can put in a frame you put rubber bands around it and you basically take it out of the wall and put it into a box and, and they stay pretty docile all things considered oh, if they, you do it they right. can get really upset sometimes oh they can <laughs> do you wear the suit for that yeah, you have to cover up for those types of things, yeah, because you're going to make them mad. You mentioned when they do the swarm, uh, a lot of times that's about half of the hive and that the hive will actually turn over. Does that mean like new queen, new drones, everything? Right. What what happens is the old queen leaves the hive and she takes some percentage of the bees with her. And so let's just say half of the bees leave. And so obviously the beekeepers that's trying to produce honey, that's not good for him in the spring because that's when, that's when uh, you know, you're going to miss out on all of your honey. So... So yeah, the they, the bees raise uh, queen cells and they leave those behind, and so the old queen leaves, and then the queen cells are left there to hatch out. They will fight it out. One of them will survive, and um, uh, and then they go out and get mated and come back and start start Run raising over. bees. Um, who's the the predator or predators of honeybees? Um, well, if you're in the mountains, it would be you know you have to watch out for bears, right? Oh, so the, when I yeah, duh, that's right. <laughs> um, you know, when I took my hives up to the mountains, I you know definitely put an electric fence around it. Any of the small animals like skunks and raccoons, they will eat honeybees. Um, so people try to keep their hives up off the ground a little bit, so mm-hmm. it exposes the underbelly of the animal. And then if the bees can sting the underbelly, then that will discourage them from doing it. But if you have it right on the ground, they can stay protected. Are there other bees that attack honeybees? Well, there's a lot of stories right now about the killer hornet, right, Mm -hmm. out in the, um, I guess, western United States. Uh, We haven't had that here. But, yeah, I mean, there's always, you know, that threat. As long as the hive is strong, you know, and when I say strong, there's probably anywhere from forty to 80,000 bees in a hive that's really um, you know, a strong hive, as long as the hive is strong, then it's normally going to be able to fend off whatever problems they have, whether that's, you know, beetles or mites or whatever the problems may, that, that they may have. So um, that's the key is keeping the hive healthy and strong. I'm sure a lot of people listening um, have had issues with carpenter bees. I know oh. we've gotten a couple questions there, but Hate them. Uh, what's the driving force there? I know that they don't generate honey, but I mean, it's they're the bees that you would see in the yard that are a lot larger than the honey bees you have. But um, what what's the scoop on that? I can't say that I'm very knowledgeable about it, but 
you know, I do notice also, you know, especially around barns where mm-hmm. the wood has gotten older and, mm-hmm. or you have some soft wood, they will definitely right. bore in there. And, you know, that's, they're just looking for a place to make a home. Gotcha. You know, you'll find them in the ground, you'll mm-hmm. find them boring into the wood uh, sometimes. And so you have to be careful because, uh, you know, if you start tearing it apart, they, you know, mm-hmm. they can get angry as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I've always been fascinated that the hole they bore is always a perfectly symmetrical half-inch right. hole and just love stuff like that because nobody told that bee how to make that hole. It's just in there. It's built in. And this is the Carolina Contractor Show. We've been talking about bees with the beekeeper, Scott Oakley. And, and Scott, as we wrap this up, you're out in your yard just uh, hanging out. And you see honeybees and, and especially kids, but a lot of adults, I guess, too, they see bees and their first instinct is kill it. Honeybees, your advice, I'm assuming, would be let them be. They're not going to bother you. Let them be. See what I did there? Thank you, everybody. <laughs> None of your beeswax. So, yeah. So do we just leave them, just leave honeybees alone and let them go on their business? It, it is. Honeybees typically are not going to um, bother a person. You know, unless you get aggressive with them, they're, they're going to be fine. I think the problem most people have is they're, they don't really know a honeybee from a yellow jacket or some other bee. And so it's difficult. Um, you know, if, if you work with bees enough, you learn to recognize them. It's just like anything. And so, right. um, so I guess, uh, you know, learn to recognize honeybees and, you know, try to help them along. If someone wanted to contact you or, or even, I don't know, do you sell honey? I sell a little bit of honey. I'm, a, I'm not a big honey producer so and seller. So it's if you're a neighbor of Yeah, uh, so <laughs> the neighbor, I sell a little bit to try to cover my costs here and there. But, uh, yeah, and, and uh, share a lot with, uh, with my neighbors and friends. It really is the best. He uh, sent a honeycomb home with me in a, a really nice sized jar of that. And uh, my daughter's made it about 30 seconds. The deal was eat a good dinner and I'll let you have some. <laughs> I go back out to finish unloading the truck. And uh, somehow the lid had become sticky between me hmm. going out and coming back in. And everybody looked as innocent as can be. But no, they were really excited. And they, they went with me for the tour and they got a lot out of it. My youngest who actually has a, a fear of bees, bugs, things like that. Scott uh, put a net on her and got her within a couple feet of, of the hive, and she really felt like she accomplished something. Well, Scott, we appreciate you coming in. We'll put details up on the website, thecarolinacontractor.com, and Donnie's got pictures and stuff of, of these hives that Scott has and, and even some video, and it's absolutely amazing to look at it. So once again, Scott, thank you so much for coming into the Carolina Contractor Show. Yes, Thanks sir. for having me. And if you have questions about bees or your house or something, you go ahead and hit the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. You can send those to Donnie by clicking on the Ask the Contractor button. And again, if you want to get honey, try to buy local. It's better for you, and it's something that helps those local economies and helps those beekeepers. They're doing a lot behind the scenes that you don't even realize is going on by taking care of a beehive. Have a great week, and we will see you next time on the Carolina Contractor Show. Thanks for listening to the Carolina Contractor Show, presented by SureTop Roofing. Learn more and submit your questions at thecarolinacontractor.com. Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers, providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered.